Hallelujah. It's a great presence of God in this place tonight, isn't it? Oh, God is good. God is good. How many of you are flat out passionate for the Lord tonight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're hot for God, that's for sure. <laughs> Very good. Wow. Whew. You know what? I'm excited about this year. Often, I've got a confession to make. Often, I come out of the end of one year and I think, oh my God, I couldn't do that again. Yeah, but this year, I'm excited about it. And uh, I'm so uh, looking forward to what God is going to do uh, in this place and in our lives as a church and in individuals' lives. I want to ask you a question tonight. How many of you are believing God for a breakthrough in 2006? Oh, that's a lot of people. Now, let me, let me define that a little bit more, okay? Because lots of people hope for a breakthrough, okay? Lots of people have a, have a hope that things will be better than they were last year. And hope is good. You know, hope, uh, you need hope, okay? But faith is more specific. Faith says, that in my life has got to bow the knee to the name of Jesus Christ, amen? That in my life I will not tolerate anymore, the blood of Jesus Christ overcomes it. You know what? That's faith. Now, if you're believing for a breakthrough uh, in 2006, I've got a great message for you tonight. Okay, because I've got a message called Breaking Through in Life. Breaking Through in Life. Now, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike has been preaching about crossing over to the other side. Crossing over to the other side. And that God is wanting to take each one of us on a journey. You know, the walk of faith is a walk. It's not a sit. Okay? It's, the walk of faith is a walk. It's a journey. It's not a sit in the pew and wait and, and uh, uh, make your feet uh, rooted in a place. It's getting moving with God. It's a walk of faith, not a sit. Hallelujah. You know, and that Pastor Mike has been uh, preaching about crossing over to the other side, that God wants to take us as a church somewhere this year. God wants to take you, you. He wants to take you somewhere in your life this year, a place of breakthrough. Okay, and we talked about this year that there would be a, a year of storms. Okay, I, I don't know about you, but I don't get excited about storms. But there's some good things in storms, okay? Because in storms, there's the opportunity to grow. So you face every storm as if this thing doesn't kill me, it just makes me stronger, yeah? It just makes me stronger. It makes me tougher. I'm going after God and nothing's going to stop me. Storms are an opportunity to grow. And we look into the storms that might come and we say, Jesus, we're looking to you because all this will pass. And you are before us, oh God. And the promised land also that you have for us. Okay, there'll be opportunities, doorways opened for people who are willing to pray. Okay, doorways of opportunity. I like doorways of opportunity. Doorways of opportunity are awesome. And you know what? There are doorways open in front of people right here. Okay, there is going to be great doorways open because we're believing that God would do a great thing in the life of us as a, as a church this year, that there will be increased authority exercised by the believers. How many believers do I have in this place today? Yes. Increased authority. Increased authority. That devils would bow the knee. Sicknesses would go. That uh, uh, people would get saved and healed and delivered. Those are the authority that God wants to place upon our lives. And that there will be a release of supernatural power. Now I tell you, I'm hungry for that in this place. I'm hungry for the supernatural power of God to flow through me, to touch lives, because I believe that God is an awesome God, that He's in the business of changing people's lives. He's in the business of setting people free. He's in the business of signs and wonders. Oh, wow. You know, I believe that many people here are going to get awesome breakthroughs in 2005 and 2006 2006 great breakthroughs 
because you know what I heard a sound as I was preparing the message I heard the sound and it sounded a lot like tonight it was the sound of people getting free in God it was the sound of people saying that's my inheritance it's mine I'm taking it for the Lord I heard the sound of people shouting and cheering I heard the sound of devils running and trembling I heard the sound of that hallelujah so tonight I'm going to be preaching about breaking through in life so turn in your Bible with me to 1 Samuel 1 Samuel 1 Samuel chapter 14 This is a year that we're going to win battles. This is the year that, the, that we're going to push the devil off our lives. Yeah, this is the year that we're going to take hold of what he's, he's purposed for our lives. I want you to look in, uh, right in the beginning there in uh, chapter 14 and verse 1. 1 Samuel 14 verse 1. And it says, Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to a young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over. So let us go over. Let's try again. Let us go over. Let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people who were with him were about 600 men. All right, now I want to tell you that what's happening here, okay? Now, first of all, you've got Saul. You've got his army, army of about 600 people. Now, most of his army have actually ran off to the hills. They've run for cover. They're hiding in caves and, and under rocks and things because they're scared. They're scared of a huge Philistine army that's right over here, camped here. They've got weapons. They've got chariots. They've got horses. These guys have got everything. They've got a fully equipped army. And here we have it, Saul, King Saul and his army. There's only 600 of them. And they haven't, there's only two swords. There's nothing, no high-tech weapons, no nothing. They're in trouble. And if that's not bad enough, Saul has just taken an absolute caning from the man of God. Yeah? The prophet Samuel's come along to, uh, to uh, Saul and told him and said, You know, you've acted foolishly. And because of what you've done, the kingdom's not going to rest on you. It's going to be torn off you and given to another. It's a bad situation. Okay? He's been badly told off, and now he's King Saul. He's just sitting under a tree, not knowing what to do. Now, right into that picture, Jonathan sees an opportunity. Now, you've got to admit, this is a pretty miserable-looking situation. They're going to get wasted. Okay, there is, there, If you look at it, humanly speaking, there is no hope for them. But Jonathan, he sees an opportunity. And I want to tell you tonight what looks to be your worst nightmare, what looks to be your greatest difficulty, what looks to be your greatest trouble can also be your greatest opportunity. It's an opportunity for God to do something great through your life. It's an opportunity for God to do something big. Can you believe for God to do something big in your life in 2006? Give the Lord a shout then. Hallelujah. Yes. All right. Hallelujah. Now, the Philistines, they're the main enemy of Israel. They resisted Israel, taking possession of what God had already given to Israel. They were taking possession of it, and what, uh, uh, they were stealing off Israel and taking away from them. They were trying to uh, make the life of Israel utterly miserable, and they were doing a pretty good job of it. They actively took, they stole, they spoiled. They made life tough. The Israelites really had a hard job with them. Now, the Old Testament uses natural illustrations, pictures that, uh, that illustrate spiritual principles in our lives. You see, the Philistines are a picture of the devil opposing the people of God. The Philistines are a picture of the devil who takes, uh, takes spoils, robs, takes away from, the, from uh, the believers, from the church, occupying what God has promised to us as believers. Now, I want to ask you tonight, okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. Okay, where is the army of the Philistines camped in your life? Where is the army of the Philistines camped in your life? 
Okay, where is it that the devil has taken something that belongs to you and he's taken it away from you? Where are they camped in your life? Because I tell you, that's got to be your target. That's got to be where, where you rise up and say, let me go across to the other side. I'm taking the battle to them. This year, they're getting dealt to. You see, Jesus promised abundance. If you're having trouble figuring out where the Philistines might be camped in your life, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. Yeah, John 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come that you would have an abundant life. Now, abundance, what does that sound like? Abundance, you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like freedom. That sounds like freedom. It doesn't sound like bondage. It sounds like love. Abundance. It's a great sound. I love that word. You say it. Abundant. 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 It sounds like joy. It sounds like joy to me. It sounds like peace. It sounds like prosperity. It sounds like health to me. That's the abundance. Let me ask you, where has the devil stole these things from you? Where has he camped in your life? Because I tell you, that's got to be your opportunity where you say like Jonathan, let me go across to the other side. Let me go across to the other side and take that. I want that in back in my life because it belongs to me. You see, what areas in your life are not characterized by abundance? Maybe it's your thinking, thoughts of rejection. Maybe it's uh, thoughts of depression or loneliness. Maybe it's an area of friendships in your life. Maybe it's an area of a relationship difficulty with your parents, with your, with your teachers, with your friends, with your... Uh, uh, with the people around you, maybe it's an attitude problem, a continual negative attitude. Maybe it's a marital problem. Maybe it's a besetting sin that you trip up on all the time. Maybe it's financial difficulties. But I tell you, wherever the Philistines are camped in your life, you take the attitude of, of Jonathan and say, I'm going after that thing this year. I'm going after that thing. I won't tolerate that because you tell you, I've got... You know, you've got two choices in this. You can sit like Saul under your tree and be miserable about them. Or you can be like Jonathan and say, that is not going to remain in my life. That is not going to stay. What is now will not be at the end of this year. I'm going after it. Hallelujah. Do you want to break through in 2006? Oh, yes. Okay, let's have a look here. All right, first you've got to know about breakthrough is that your breakthrough doesn't depend on others. Your breakthrough does not depend on others. And you look at Saul's life, okay? And Jonathan, Saul has just had an, an amazing caning from the man of God. A massive telling off, saying, that is not good enough. And because of that, your kingdom's not going to last. He's sitting there in passivity, not knowing what to do, sitting under his tree. You know, Jonathan could be pretty upset because if Saul hadn't stuffed up, the kingdom would have gone to Jonathan. The kingdom would have gone to Jonathan. So on that same day, his father messed up big time. He also lost something that was his. You see, Jonathan had every right to be upset. He had every right to be to be angry with God. He had every right to feel, feel hard done by, but he didn't. You know, he looked and saw that there was an opportunity for God to do something great, regardless of his disappointment. And you know, so many people in life, they say, well, if you really knew the background that I came from, if you really understood where I came from, if you, if you had parents like me, if if, if you grew up with the brothers and sisters that I had, if you grew up in this situation, if you had the boss that I had, if you had the wife that I had, if you had the husband that I had, would you like some wine with that cheese? Would you like some cheese with that wine? Yeah? Hello? Yeah? If you had the workmates, the list goes on. But as long as you're blaming someone else, as long as you're looking, for some, looking to someone else for the excuse that your breakthrough is not happening, it's going to continue to elude you. As long as you look to someone else as providing your breakthrough, you're going to remain a victim. Yeah? 
You see, the failures and inactivity of others do not make your life an automatic failure unless you allow it to. You know, there's countless illustrations in the Bible of people who had uh, disastrous backgrounds yet made something good of their lives. Disastrous beginnings. I mean, I can think of, uh, of so many of them. You know, Abraham. Abraham had a, had a father who started out for the promised land, yet only made a third of the way there and then gave up, settled for a life of comfort and, and uh, idolatry. You know, Abraham could have said, well, my father was a loser, then so am I. You know, but he didn't. He followed God. You know, Joseph and his brothers. If you had brothers like Joseph, then that would be a great excuse for failure. That would be a great excuse for not breaking through, but not Joseph. Joseph, he just followed after God, and God broke through in his life. David and Saul, you know, David had every excuse for looking at the problems, but he didn't. He overcame. And same with Jonathan. He had all the excuses, but he overcame. Okay, so the first step is, is that you've got to stop blaming on others and recognize that your breakthrough does not depend on others. It depends on your attitude and your faith in God. Can you say amen to that? All right. Okay, the next thing I want you to know here is, is that if you want to break through, you only talk about it. Only talk about it with those who will encourage you. Look at verse 2 here. Actually, it's in verse 1, the end of verse 1. You see, Jonathan had this amazing dream. Come, let us go over to the Philistines. But he did not tell his father. What's that all about? Surely he would talk to someone. Surely he would uh, make his plans known to someone. Surely he would talk to his father, the king. But you see, Jonathan knew Saul pretty well by that stage. He knew that even though his father Saul was the king, he also knew that he was backslidden, that he was unspiritual, that he was fearful, that he was jealous. You see, he knew his father. And because of that, he didn't talk that his dream, his, the thing that God had placed in his heart, he didn't talk that, speak that to his father. You see, if you're wanting to break through, you've got to know that there's some people that you share with and some people you don't. There are people who will encourage you in your faith and people who will bleed the faith out of your life like a kid letting air out of a balloon. Yeah? You know those people. You can probably think of them now, okay? Yeah? There's people that you don't want to share these things with, okay? You don't want to share your battles with those who have given up on theirs because they're going to encourage you to give up on yours. Yeah? You don't want to share your dreams with those like Saul who are backslidden, who are unspiritual, who are fearful, who are jealous. You want to share your dreams. You want to share your breakthroughs with people that will encourage you and say, what a great idea. You go for it. Yeah. And in, uh, in 14, in verse 1, it says, um, Jonathan told his armor bearer. He did tell someone, you know. He told someone who could help him. And you'll see, you'll see later on in verse 7, his armor bearer says, do all that is according, uh, all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you, according to, all, uh, to your heart. He's spoken to someone who can encourage him, not someone who's fearful, not someone who's backslidden. You know, what amazes me sometimes is, is how Christians will, uh, uh, will still hang out with, with uh, and uh, associate and, and live off the lives of, of decaying and faith in others, you know. They'll hang out like vultures around a kill. And you know what? If you're wanting to soar like an eagle, you don't hang out with vultures and buzzards, okay? You don't hang out with people like that. You know, in Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not on the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's the sort of life that I want. That's the sort of life that I hope for, for in this church. That's the sort of life that you want to be dreaming of and meditating on and believing for. That's the sort of life. Not hanging out with people who will tear you down, 
mock you, not hanging out with people who, who will belittle what you want to do in God, not hanging out with that sort of thing. You know, Matthew 6, uh, 7, uh, verse 6, Jesus talks and he says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample upon them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. You know, there's people that you need to make sure that you've got some distance from because they won't help. But there's other people who will be a great help to you and you want to bring them as close to your life as you possibly can. Let me tell you, yeah, you need them real close. Yeah. In Proverbs 24 and verse 6, it says, because you've got to say, who do I share my dreams with? It says, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So there are people that you do need to talk about. You know what? It's the people who are wise, not fools. It's the people who, are, who will encourage and bring strength to you. If people don't encourage you, find someone who will uh, and, hang out, uh, and hang out with them. Find someone who will encourage you. If your friends are wasters, get new friends, okay? <laughs> find some new friends and don't get stuck in a rut with, rut with them. Because you know what? You hang out. The people you hang out with, you become like. Okay? You become like the people that you hang out with. Now, okay, you need, there needs to be good people around your life that you talk to, that you talk with. And you know, one of the most uh, important decisions in my life, you know, I talked with someone about, Kalindra and I had our hearts set on, on going in a particular direction. I talked with someone that I could count on that would speak the truth to me. Someone that would have my best interest at heart that could see more of the picture than I could. And you know what? They said, no, I've got a better idea for you. And it's actually Pastor Mike, so <laughs> very good. Okay. He said, I've got a better idea. How about you go this way? And that one decision okay, radically affected Kalinda's and my life, absolutely radically, and for which I'm incredibly grateful for, absolutely grateful for, because the impact of that literally has made a difference in the last 10 years since that decision has made so much difference in my life because I allowed someone else to speak into my life, someone with faith, someone with wisdom, someone with grace around their lives, someone with my best interests in life. And if you don't have someone in your life like that, it's time you found someone, time you got someone like that who can look you in the eye and say, you need this, you need to sort this out. You need to have a look at this. All right. Let's have a look down further. It goes down. Now I want you to have a look in verse 6. So it describes the situation all the way through there. And in verse 6, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing, nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. That is the spirit of faith, people. That is the spirit that breaks through. Nothing restrains the Lord. Now, you see, there's a couple of things in here. First of all, he called the Philistines something he called them uncircumcised Philistines. What was he saying there? He was saying that he had a covenant with God, that Jonathan had a covenant with God. And because of that covenant, he could depend on God to do something in his life because God is a promise-keeping God. God is a covenant-keeping God. God keeps his promises in our lives. God will not let them fall to the ground. There may be times when you can't understand what's happening, but I can tell you, God does not let his promises fail. God does not let his promises fail. You see, God is a promise-keeping God. You see, Jonathan was pointing towards the covenant that he had with God. And God is a covenant-keeping God. I want you to look and uh, maybe if you just write it down. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. It says, Therefore know that the Lord your God he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for, thousand, for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. God is a faithful God. You know what? If you don't know anything else, you've got to know that God is a faithful God. God is a faithful God. He is a good God. There is nothing that he says that he will let fall to the ground. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, But God, the Lord is faithful 
who will establish you and guide you from the evil one. Yeah? In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith, the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised it is faithful. God is a promise keeper. It doesn't matter who's let you down in the past. Doesn't it doesn't matter who's uh, lied to you, let you down, and not uh, meant what they've said. God's not like that. He is not a man that he should lie. God is a promise keeper. Are you needing a promise? Are you needing a promise? Are you needing a word from God? Well, I tell you, you want to get into here because it is full of promises for you. If you don't have a promise of God for your immediate situation, you pray, you get into God's word, you look at it because it says, for all the promises of God in him that is in Christ are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God. All the promises, all the promises, there's nothing excluded because when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, he made all the promises all the promises available to those who believe. Do you believe this more, uh, tonight? Do you believe tonight? Do you believe tonight? Yes, hallelujah. You see, God is a good God and he's got a promise for you. Will you hold that promise to him like Jonathan did? He said, those uncircumcised lot, they're gone, they're dealt with. Yeah. What promises has God given to you? You see, a lot of people's problem is that they spend too much time allow listening to themselves okay they spend too much time listening to themselves instead of speaking to themselves instead of preaching to themselves instead of telling themselves the word of god instead they feel ah oh, i feel depressed i feel lonely i feel sad no you take it and you speak the word of god into those feelings, into those situations, into those emotions, into those thoughts. You speak it into, get into the habit of preaching to yourself. Preach the word of God to yourself. I love, I love David. I love the Psalms. And I love uh, one of these Psalms here is uh, in Psalm 42. It says, David is saying, he's talking to his own soul. You know, we need to get into the habit of talking to our soul. Listen what David says to his soul. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you uh, not at peace within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down with me, within me. Therefore, I will remember you. You see, David's having a trouble with a depression, with, uh, with an ugly situation. And he speaks to his soul. And he says, soul, I will yet praise him. I will praise him because he will help me. Soul, I will remember the great things that God has done. I will remember you. I will remember you. You know, we need to remind ourselves of the great things that God has done in our lives and in the history. You know, God has done awesome things. Do you think God stopped doing awesome things? No way. God is still in the, in the, in the business of doing awesome things. Amazing stuff. All right. Again in verse 6, it says that, that uh, you know, it says that nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. You see, you can rely on your strength. You can rely on numbers. You can rely on talent. You can rely on, on your intelligence, whatever. You can rely on all those things, but they're limited. Or you can rely on the unlimited grace of God, the unlimited power of God to work through you to do those very things that you can't do. The very things that you can't do. Because I know myself is that my abilities are very limited. How many of you are painfully aware of your own lack of ability? Yeah? I'm, I'm very aware of my own lack of ability. I'm very aware of my limits. But I don't want to have my eyes on those. I want to have my eyes on the limitless power and grace of God that is able to flow through this human vessel to touch lives and make a difference. Nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. You see, he was talking about a word that had been given by Joshua in Joshua 23.10 that says, One man 
of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised. One of you will chase a thousand. One of you will chase a thousand. You see, when Jonathan stood up and said, let us go over, he had that in his heart, I believe, without a doubt. He had that in his heart. What do you have in your heart? What do you hold in your heart? Do you have your limitations in your heart? Or do you have the limitless power of God? You see, in Luke 18, verse 27, it says, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. You see, the same God who created heaven and earth, the same God who caused a childless couple to have a son in their old age, the same God who brought plagues on Egypt and led Israel out through the Red Sea, parting it, the same God who led Israel with a cloud of fire by, uh, by day and a cloud, by, uh, a cloud of fire, by night and a cloud by day. The same God, the same God is the God we serve today. The same God who answered Elijah's prayer with fire from heaven. The same God who healed the sick and the lame and the blind through the ministry of Jesus Christ. The same God who moved the stone on the tomb of Jesus. The same God is the God we serve today. And do you think that he's gone out of business of working miracles? No way. No way. Our God is still in the business of working miracles. Because you know what? He's coming again to judge the world. He's coming again at the end of this age, again with signs and wonders. You know what? I don't believe there's going to be a big line in between the miracles of the, of the Bible times and miracles of the end times that we have the, have the uh, uh, unfortunate position of occupying. No way. No way. These are for us right now. They're for you right now. From the beginning to the end, the Bible talks about the miracle working power of God. He can and he will move in your life if you will give him the space to do so. For nothing with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. You know what? I want you to skip right through in this chapter. Verse 15. Actually, goes up to 12. Jonathan's gone down. He goes down the gully, down the ravine with his armor bearer. He comes up to the Philistines. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up with me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell, they fell before Jonathan. The people who had held out, the people who had spoiled, the people who had robbed, the people who had taken possession of what was there, they fell before one man. And one, one boy carrying his armor, they fell before them. His armor bearer killed them. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within a half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp. You've got to believe that when the people of God set their eyes for breakthrough, when the people of God set their hearts in faith, when the people of God believe that the devil is, is on borrowed time in their lives, that there is a trembling in his camp. There is a trembling in his camp. And there was in the field and among the people, and the garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked. So it was a very great trembling. In verse 20, it says, Then Saul and the people who were with him assembled, and they could see what was happening. And they went into the battle, and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was great confusion. And the Hebrews who were with the Philistines at that time went up with them, and they joined with the Israelites who were with Saul and David. So what happened is, in the end, Jonathan created this huge victory. And what he did was he inspired others to join with him. There were deserters who had deserted the army of Israel thinking that there was no hope. And they had actually joined with the Philistines when they saw what Jonathan, what one man and his armor bearer with faith were doing they turned, turned sides and they turned back to God. You know what? When you break through, 
you will create an atmosphere of others to break through. You will create an atmosphere for others to break through. I believe that as we set our hearts to break through this year, there will be backsliders who will come back to God because they will see the good things that God has done. There will be people who are saved. They will, there will be people who will see. That's what I really believed was true, but someone sold me a lie. There'll be backsliders come back when you set your heart for breakthrough. See, when others see you breaking through, they'll want a piece of the action too. The fearful will gain courage to trust God. Backsliders will turn back. You know, there's other examples of that in the Bible. You know what? Before David slew Goliath, there was no one else who had ever ever slain a giant that's recorded. You know, the whole nation of Israel was held out by one giant. And one little shepherd boy went out with him with a stone and knocked him over, cleaned him out, took his head off, okay, dealt him. You know, one little boy, one little shepherd boy with faith. You know what? Up until that time, all the soldiers of Israel, all the people of God, they wouldn't tackle giants. But you know, after, uh, after David killed Goliath, there were four more giants killed. They weren't killed by David. They were killed by his men. Yeah? When one person breaks through, you create room for others to break through. You know, there's family members around you who are watching what you're doing. And when they see that you're breaking through, that you're reaching into the abundance that God has for you, they're going to say, I want a piece of that too. I want a piece of that action. You're going to create an atmosphere of breakthrough around you that makes others easier for the fearful, uh, makes it easier for the backslidden to get back up on their feet and claim what God has given them also. Hallelujah. You know, there was... uh, a man called uh, Roger Bannister. He was a great athlete. Can I have the band, please? He's an athlete, and uh, he was in the, around in the, in the 50s. And uh, they said, at the time, they said, there is no way, it is humanly impossible, it is humanly impossible for someone to run a mile in under four minutes. It's just not possible for someone to do that. It's beyond the bounds of human ability. But Roger Bannister didn't take that to heart. In fact, he saw that as a target. And in 1954, Roger Bannister broke that sub-four-minute mile. He took the record. You know what? What the people were saying couldn't be done. He showed them that it could be done. But not only that, was is that one of his buddies, within, within a couple of months, also broke that record. And from now on, you know, a sub-four-minute mile is no big deal. Because Roger Bannister overcame something, a psychological barrier that said it couldn't be done. And as soon as that barrier was gone, people thought, wow, that's possible. What else is possible? Hallelujah. Are you believing for breakthrough tonight? Jesus. Can I have, guys, can I have? Victory, breakthrough. I want victory and breakthrough. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> all right, you know we talked about who's ready for breakthrough. We talked about hope and people who are hoping for breakthrough. But faith is a different deal altogether. Faith saying that's specific. The Philistine camp in my life has got to go. The Philistine camp in my life has got to go. As I was preaching, some of you were aware that there was a camp of Philistines in your way and you've decided, I don't want to tolerate that in my life anymore. If that's you tonight, I want you you to raise your hand. If that's you, you are aware that there was a Philistine camp. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's stand to our feet. Because there's a sound of breakthrough in this place. Do you believe it? There's a sound of breakthrough in this place. Let's give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. 
There's victory in you. There's breakthrough in you. There's breakthrough in you, Lord God. Let's worship Him tonight. Jesus Christ. Tonight is the night where you step into the promises of God. If you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, tonight is the night where you need to do that. Tonight is the night where you need to begin the path of breakthrough, the journey of breakthrough. If that's you tonight, you're a long way from God. You know it in your heart. I want you to raise your hands. That's you tonight. You need to come on back to God. You need to give your life afresh to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up. Anyone out there? There's others of you. You're very aware that there's something in your life that you're needing breakthrough in. I don't want you to hold back. I want you to come up for prayer. You know that. Come on up. Lifted your hands up before. There's areas. Come on up now. Come on up. Come on up. There's more of you. Don't hold back. It's a place of breakthrough. A place of aggressive moving forward into the purposes of God for your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Come on forward with a heart full of faith. Say, breakthrough is mine in Jesus' name. Breakthrough is mine in Jesus' name. Breakthrough is mine in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you, Lord God, looking to you, looking to you, the worker of miracles, the worker of, of signs and wonders, the God who brings abundance to our lives. We're looking to you, oh God. We're saying, oh God,
decision, Lord God, Lord, to embrace your promises around our lives, a decision, Lord, that we're going to create room for others to break through tonight, Lord God. Tonight, Lord God, we're serving that camp of Philistines notice because, Lord God, the victory belongs to you, Lord God. The victory belongs to you. The victory belongs to you. The victory belongs to you, Jesus. You must shout in the clap. Jesus! Let's worship him, people.
life you want to break through? Put your hand up, those who come up tonight say, God, there's something in my life I want to break through. Now, hold on, why don't you just all get in one row right up the front, right across here, side to side. All of those that came forward and said, God, I know there's something in my life I want to break through it. You need to be specific. It's a specific thing. If you want to break through, it's always specific. It's got a name. Think about the name of it. Smoking, it's fear, it's rejection, shame, it's an uncleanness, it's a habit. It's an area you want to break through financially, area you want to break through in, in, in our learning, education. Perhaps it's an area with God we wanted to break through, break through in our prayer life. Now listen, in order for you to break through, there were some great keys that you were given tonight. One thing that Jonathan did was he came out and he showed himself to the enemy. Let us show ourselves to the enemy. You've actually got to take this thing on. So tonight what we're going to do is going to pray. You're going to pray for a spirit of faith, the spirit of the Holy Ghost to come on you. Because the anointing is what gives breakthrough. But you've got to decide. When you go home tonight, write down, this is what God spoke to me tonight. I'm going to believe for this year to break through. Give it a name. Then begin to write down two or three things you will do to stand up and begin to confront that issue in your life. Are there things you need to do? Are there things you need to repent of? Are there scriptures you need to memorize and begin to speak? Do you need to begin to command that thing? Do you need to go to something, get delivered? Whatever it is, you say, God, I'm going to deal with that thing. Do you need to learn something? You need to grow. What is it you need to do to bring it to reality? You see, notice this. Jonathan didn't just pray. What he did was he stood up and he challenged that thing head on. And you'll have to do the same. You have to face what you fear, even though you feel it, knowing God is with me. So when you go home tonight, you write down, God spoke to me on this night, which was the 22nd of January, about breakthrough in my life in these areas this year. Tonight, I went forward and I said, God, I'm purposing in my heart to break through. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to listen to the people that are sitting down. I'm going to be encouraged by people who are strong in God. And I'm going to push through. I'm going to form a plan. God, show me how I can break through this thing. And Lord, I will commit to work on this until I get the breakthrough. Say, just be focused. Not lots of things. Just one or two things. And you focus until you change. You may have to get up and pray. You may have to begin to memorize scripture. You may have to begin to learn how to speak the word of God. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Maybe there's some things you've got to let go of. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Okay? Change. Just change. I'm in that process right now. I came up too. I put my hand up. There's things. I've determined things. I want to push away from my life. Things where I feel the enemy has just held me back. And then there's other things I want to push out and grow and expand it. There's things I'm specifically believing God for this year. Get it specific. If it's not specific, there'll be no change. There's no change until it gets specific. So what is it? How many got something specific? At least one thing specific. Put your hand up right now. I want you to just follow me in this prayer. Keep your hands up to the Lord. Then I'll get some catches to come in behind you because we're going to lay hands on you in just a moment. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe tonight you spoke to me. This is my time for breakthrough. I believe you tonight that I will break through in this area. I set my heart today to put myself in a position to break through. I ask tonight for your grace, for your anointing, for your power to come through and touch my life tonight. I believe tonight for an impartation of faith for breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now begin to pray in tongues. Begin to pray in tongues. Begin to pray in tongues. Come on, just keep that music just rolling over. Keep it rolling over. I'm running into your courts. I'm running into your courts with some catches. Quickly, quickly. Father, we believe for the power of God to come tonight. We believe for your anointing to break through tonight. Come on now, lift your voice to him tonight. Lift your voice to him tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, your presence is here. Thank you, Lord, for your power is here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, more catches, more catches, more catches. Quick, 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 quick.
I believe in my brother David, a great breakthrough this year. A great break. Lord, let him throw off the disappointments. Let him throw off the reproach. Let this be a year of breaking out. A breaking out. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here tonight. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Elaine, would you help us from grace of Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Come on, let's keep lifting your voice to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for anointing us here tonight. Thank you for the power of God here to set it free. Right now, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your presence is here. Thank you, Lord. Your anointing is here. Thank you, Lord. People are being touched. Spirit of boldness. Boldness. Miracles. Miracles starting to happen. Miracles. Lord, give him breakthroughs. Give her a spirit of boldness. Let her, Lord, speak into the heart to me. Give a favor. Give a favor. Favor. Great favor. Great favor. Let that anointing begin to fall on you. Fantastic, awesome week this week. Let's just finish.